Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie. He's Dustin. And uh, Dustin, coming off of that loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, we're going to get into it. How are you feeling now? You've had a couple of days to, to maybe reset. The emotions have come down a little bit. How are you feeling? Well, Allie, as you know, I live in a mountain time zone. I'm working. I'm watching on a laptop at work this game. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, okay, I got to get to a bar so I can start drinking because this game is just going to drive me into oblivion. I'm just like, I'm just mad at COVID is what I've decided because I'm just still mad at it because this team probably doesn't lose as well as the defense played on Monday if we have all of our players in. That's what I was mad. And I'm still mad about it, to be honest with you. I'm just like, I'm just annoyed, right? And the only silver lining I have to say about all this with so many people out with COVID now or have been out with COVID in the NFL alley, you may or may not be aware of this. Once you test positive, none of these guys get tested for the next 90 days. So there's no way these guys that have COVID will get tested out the rest of the season. So that was the silver lining I looked at. I was like, okay, well, Hey, you can't mess with us now. <laughs> so. Well, it's, all around just sucks. We're going to get into it. We'll do the full breakdown of the Raiders game. We'll look ahead to the Packers matchup on Christmas Day. We'll have some fun on the program. Before we kick it off, of course, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at Stadium Mustard. It's that iconic brand, that iconic Cleveland. It just is iconic Cleveland mustard. You got to have it. Stadium Mustard in your pantry this season there. Dustin has it. Um, Dustin, on this program, of course, we're looking ahead to uh, the holidays coming up this weekend. I'm excited. I already announced it. I'm having a, a beverage, an adult beverage on the show tonight. So cheers to you. Cheers, cheers to you, Dustin. Um, you know, emotions flying high after that game. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Nick Mullins, third string quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, steps up in a big way, going 20 for 30, 147 in a touchdown, about five yards per attempt. He stepped up. Joel Batonio sliding over to left tackle i mean my goodness donovan peoples jones with some big plays down the stretch um the defense stepping up our guy porter gustin with a nice play miles garrett you got hurt go ahead dustin can i just say that play by porter gustin changed the complete football game we were dead I, i mean dead at that point we had nothing going offensively and that changed the entire momentum of that football game and i was like with that play short field um that changed the game. Like I thought the game, I thought it was going to end like 20 to three. You know what I mean? At that point, the way the game was going. I was like, yeah. And one thing I want to talk about is there's all these players that stepped up in a very, very big way. And I knew had we won this game, you would not have found me crying about how poorly they played. Now, because we, we lost this game, I'm, I'm going to probably deviate a little bit from what the rest of, of the Browns fan base has done right now. And I'm, I'm going to be relatively proud of this team and these players for stepping up um, in the big moment. Obviously, they've they've faced nothing but adversity coming into this with the COVID situation, with the injury stand, standpoint. Um, but my God, Dustin, the, the passion 
that Mike Prefer had to to lead this team to be competitive against a somewhat decent opponent. Of course, they beat us, but I mean, they're a very limited team in the Las Vegas Raiders. But man, Dustin, I'm proud of these guys. I am. I know we didn't come away with a win, and I'm maybe that's me having a few days to come down from yeah. being so upset about it. But you know, I, they played. They they well, went out there and kicked some ass. Well, Ali, this is what I looked at this football game. Two things that came to my mind in this football game. The Browns win this football game probably and force Derek Carr with very few seconds left to go for six points if we make that field goal at the end of the half, right? That's how tight this football game was. We watched a very similar football game, as you remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers when we lost 15 to 10. This game reminded me of that, right? Just tight, you know, real, the defense is just kind of playing their guys like, you know, and I'm like, come on, like it, it sees the moment. And I got to tell you, Nick Mullins, if you ever watch this show, I feel bad for you because you laid it all out there on one day's practice and ran. Now, of course, this is similar to what you did in San Francisco with the, the Shanahan offense. But my God, dude, one day's rest. You go out there and you put out that kind of effort. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I got to give him a hand. I, I felt bad for him when he put his head down on the, on the sidelines because I knew he gave everything he did in that football game that he possibly could. Well, let's get into it here. Nick Mullins, 20 for 30, 147 in a touchdown, as I mentioned, about five yards per attempt. Uh, he, he graded out with a 70 pass grade, which is actually really good. If you compare that to Baker Mayfield down the stretch, um, that's a decent game for Baker Mayfield. So you didn't have too much of a drop off. Uh, at the quarterback position, you can attribute that some of that to just him being comfortable in this offense, and uh, you can contribute some of that to him just being a, a talented right. football player. Um, when he was kept clean in this game, he went 16 of 22 under pressure. He went four for eight. When he was blitzed, he went three for five for 21. And then when he was not blitzed, seven feet, excuse me, 17 for uh, 25 for 126. So overall, uh, a really great for performance. From Nick Mullins, uh, given the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, again, with the adversity that this football team had, no Landry, all that, you know, just this week, you just feel bad for him because that was within their reach, right? That was right in their grasp. And, again, there's a couple games this year that we were like – I think there's three games this year I can look at where we don't have three losses on our schedule and we have three extra ones. So, um, Well, come to this game. Now, I think I tweeted this out late last week. And not to be too real about the situation, because at this point, a couple, a couple of days ago, Brown's fandom was just up in flames. All of this COVID situation, you know, you, you lose 20 plus guys. Everybody is just losing their minds. But I put something out that said, you know, if the Browns would have just handled their business in some of those close AFC matchups, mm-hmm. the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Steelers come to mind. This would not have been such a hard pill to swallow. Right. Handle your business early on in some of those close key games where they handed you the game and you just could not capitalize or could not get a first down or could not score the football. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. It wouldn't be that decimating of a loss. Right. I mean, to where it's a win, it kind of now we'll get into this. I mean, that was very much like a must win, but now we have to win the rest of the games the rest of the season, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you go back and you just go back in history, Al, you can say this game or that game, you win games, you're okay. You know, like, you're going to be all right. This, If you take a loss to the Raiders at home, you're okay. It's not a conference loss. You know, like, 
But now every win counts and it's magnified because the AFC is so tight. Everybody has six or seven losses. They just do. And it's like, it's a little insane to me. Like, but here's the thing that I found very interesting, Allie, is the league was really kind of giving everybody the Heisman. Like, no, we're going to play this football game at Saturday. And then when it got to player safety and stuff like that, and then I saw a tweet from Joe Thomas that said, stay tuned. I think something was up at that. I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna postpone the game because they've taken so much pressure now. Is it about money or safety, right? And so now they're moving the game, right? And I was like, well, there it is. And then all of a sudden the Rams game gets moved and the Washington football team game gets moved. And, oh, wait, the NHL is pausing their season. Like, they were going to look real bad real quick if they didn't come up with a solution. Um, and, Allie, I don't know if you were aware of this. This is where I think it came down to the NFLPA getting involved. So, Allie, the Rams were about to forfeit their football game. The Browns were about to forfeit their football game, and so were the Washington football team because they just couldn't put a competitive – and if you forfeit, it's just a loss anyway, right? Well, Correct. Well, what the whole COVID protocol said if a team forfeits. Not only do the Browns players not get paid that week, the Raiders players, and I guarantee you that turned into a flurry of, okay, we better figure something out pretty quick. You you forfeit your game check. Yeah. You know, and and that's what you said. Well, of course, their overall physical well-being when it comes to the COVID, uh, you know, just the structure of how the NFL is handling this. But also when you're taking money out of guys' pockets, things aren't going to go over very well. Right. But. Nonetheless, hey, they came out, they uh, they did what they could, and uh, we're going to go through, one thing I want to do differently in this post-game analysis is I want to go through kind of each position group. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you, uh, just some guys that that sure. really stood out to me that I took note of, uh, just to pick your brain a little bit, um, and then we'll do some game balls here, but before we do so, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at Cleveland Ketchup. Dustin, you know what I am handing out to my family and friends this holiday season? They're getting a pack of Cleveland Ketchup and Stadium Mustard. Nice. Um, you know, so if any of my family is listening to this, act like you didn't hear that. Um, Speaking of that, I believe you got a special delivery last uh, Wednesday, did you not? I certainly did. Uh, and you know where that came from? That came from Five Star Meats up in Northeast Ohio. Five Star Meats. Look, Dustin. I had uh, they sent some like hot sausages over here. Oh, those are those are re- oh those are really good. Yeah, the Heisel household uh, had a nice meal. Yeah, we had a nice meal. So I just want to tell you all about the overall Cleveland sandwich. You start out with your Orlando Baking Company bun. You top it with some five star meats, and then you got to top that with some Cleveland ketchup and some stadium mustard. Make sure you have that in your kitchen this season, Browns fans. Head on over to your local Northeast Ohio grocery store to get your hands on that today. All right, Dustin, let's go through the offense first. We talked about Nick Mullins. Um, You know, I I just don't have too much more to say about him other than just what a baller. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Browns are lucky to have have him on their roster, and I absolutely think that he's a QB, too, in the future, especially when it comes to uh, salary restrictions and, and things of that nature. Definitely keep your eye on Nick Mullins. He's he's a guy. He's a guy, right. man. Uh, but let's take a look at the offensive line, Dustin. What what did you notice here? Obviously, Joel Batonio, he slides over to left tackle, played lights out. But I just want to talk overall. Offensive line, give me your breakdown. You know, the offensive line kind of did their job, right? The whole next man up mentality. I didn't feel like I saw – I mean, obviously there was a, a drop-off of some of those guys being out. But, you know, getting Wyatt back was obviously a big, 
big thing for the Browns a couple days before, you know, we got that announcement. But, I mean, it just goes to show you why Petonio is a pro bowler and will be this year in 2021. The fact that you can go from a position that you, and I believe, Allie, correct me if I'm wrong, he had not played left tackle since college, like since college at UNR, that he had not been over in the left tackle position. So on a couple days rest, um, for a for a player to go out from his normal routine to do that and be able to step up to me was huge because you're down, you're down bodies, right? You're just trying to fill in, in spots. So Joel, but what he did was above and beyond in my mind, you know, above and beyond what you would expect any player to do. Right. I just to move out of his normal, comfortable position zone. So that's, that was probably the biggest key that I saw. I hope Joel Batonio is a Cleveland Brown for the remainder of his career. Um, He is everything that you want in a Cleveland Brown. Blue-collar mentality. He goes out there, the uh, offensive line as a whole, uh, no sacks, six pressures uh, total on 31 dropbacks. That's incredible. You only are going out there with your starters being Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader, and Joel Batonio, and you are down to your fourth-string tackle? Yep. I mean, what a performance by that offensive line. Now, of course, credit where it's due, that just the talent there, the depth. Uh, but, man, Bill Callahan, lucky to have him on this coaching staff yeah. first and foremost. Well, um, this was, it just goes to show you that he has those guys up every week yeah. and going, just so you know, you're one injury, you know, you're one injury away from starting tomorrow. I mean, that he has those guys with that mentality to be ready to go in a moment's notice to your point, goes to show you how prepared the backups are to go in and play that role. Yeah. Um, I want to talk right now. Of course, Nick Chubb, he comes out, he does what Nick Chubb does. Um, I will say this, so I don't think he's playing his, I don't want to say he's not playing his best football, but I think just, uh, you know, on that on that last run, I think if he would have had that cutback, it would have been there. Um, oh, they talked about it on TV, that cutback. Oh, oh. Yeah, it, it was there. So I'm not going to say he's not playing his best football, but you know, Nick Chubb of, of 2020 probably would have made that play. But at the same time, you're not rolling out there with your full offensive line. So I'm not right. – I am not discounting my I, – I have the fattest crush on Nick Chubb. So you know, <laughs> that's what I that is. I might have seen a couple tweets about that. Yes, I love Nick Chubb. So I'm not discrediting him at all. But I want to specifically talk about the pass catchers, the receivers and the tight ends. Um, of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones – uh, you could call it a, a drop. You could call uh, just a pass breakup in that that second drive there. But he made some big plays down the stretch. Um, what were your thoughts on Donovan Peoples-Jones and, of course, the, the pass catchers as a whole? You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, you know, here's the thing. Nick Mullins was putting it in the breadbasket, right, to where the passes that were dropped were right there, right? I mean, or it was just really good defense and kind of a breakup. As a whole, um, it was nice to see Hollywood get back in there and get some some action. So I like to see that. I, I figured, you know, uh, Enzo and I talked about this on our sit or stardom. You know, he could be the wild card in this game and get a play. But the overall wide receiver, again, depleted, decimated a little bit, but still kind of came in and did their job, right? Um, and then, of course, if you want to go into the tight ends a little bit here, Ali, I mean, I'm going to talk about just back to Nick Mullins. On a fourth and five, where you have to buy yourself an extra three or four seconds and scatter to not get sacked on a play that you get sacked, the game is over. And then to find Bryant right there to lay in the end zone wide open. I mean, that was 
brilliant to me. Like that just goes to show you the gut of Nick Mullins. Like to be able to pull off that play, like that was, I, I, I jumped up and I was screaming. And I even said, Nick Blink and Mullins. Like I was very happy. I mean, I was like, I was very happy to say the least. You and me both. You and me both. Um, Turning it over to the defensive side of the ball, of course, uh, first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers go out to Tack McKinley, learned that he Mm. did um, suffer an Achilles and he is out for the remainder of this season, which just is devastating because he was playing his best football of his career, really kind of uh, rejuvenating his career here in Cleveland. Um, So our thoughts and prayers do do go out to him. Um, How about Sheldon Day? Let's talk about the defensive line. Uh, Miles Garrett, he gets hurt. He's kind of playing, I would say, 70 to 75% of what he could be. Um, you, you have Porter Gust in there as well, Sheldon Day. Um, Lake Jackson made some big-time mm-hmm. plays as well. But, you know, I, I don't think that they were able to generate a ton of natural pass rush ability. Uh, but I think that they were able to contain Josh Jacobs. They were mm-hmm. able to pretty much disrupt Derek Carr. Um, mm-hmm. Miles Garrett going against Alex Leatherwood uh, and some of those, you know, just who he was lining up against. He was able to generate pressure. He was able yeah. to get and disrupt the quarterback. But, you know, they weren't getting home on a lot of those plays. Of course, that's due to depth. But, Dust, I'm going to turn it over to you. Give me your breakdown on that defensive line. Well, again, you know, we talked a year and a half ago. Oh, we worry about depth on the defensive line right that was one of the keely's heel that we saw yeah for a whole alley and of course you know miles garrett having to go out and go in the blue tank come back in and out i mean they're already down guys you lose tack and then porter i just thought that unit as a whole alley just gut checked the entire football game like i just feel like that team on the defensive side of the ball especially the the line it's they're all in it together and it doesn't matter who's in there. Like, you just have to go out and do your job, right? Yeah. And, you know, again, Porter Gustin, being able to know where the ball was to be able to get that fumble recovery and then turn the ball over to the offense, just doing your job and knowing what you need to do, and you have to have that next man up mentality. For me, it was just the fact that they were able to go out there and still play a very competitive game on the defensive line even with all the missing holes and stuff that was going on in it, not only because of COVID, but in the course of what was happening live in a game situation. I mean, I was just like, they're just going to go out there and just keep going. I just felt bad for the defensive line because personally, Ali, the defense kept us in this football game, had us to where we could possibly win this football game. And Mm -hmm. I just feel bad for the defense. And I felt bad for the defense for a month now, Ali. The defense has gotten it right. And we are a top five defense, period, right now. The way they're playing, no matter who the hell's in there. And the offense needs to score 20 or more points going forward. Because if they do, we win all the football games. Because our defense doesn't allow the other team to score. Like, I'm just, sorry, I'm getting on my soapbox here. But I really, am, I'm proud of the defense. I'm so happy for the defense right now. Because six weeks ago, everybody was like, oh, Joe Woods. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, what's he doing? Well, they got it right. They, they fixed it. And and here's the truth. We blitz sometimes in that game, and everybody wants us to blitz and blitz and blitz. Sometimes we blitz, Allie, in that last two minutes of the football game, and it costs us, right? So you gotta you got to have some yin and yang to your defense. And so um, I'm just proud of the defense as a whole. And 
anyway, we'll get to the game balls, but the defense. Yeah, I can't we'll get into that in a second. And and while we're talking about blitzing and whatnot, and first and foremost, JOK was actually credited with that um, that the strip sack there uh, to force that fumble. So right. you know he's always at the point of attack. He's always making those plays. He's a heat seeking missile. He's everything that you you want. <laughs> when we drafted him and somehow in the second round, he was still there. Uh, but Dustin, let's talk a little bit to the secondary. We'll, we'll loop both corners and safeties into this as a whole, uh, but give me your thoughts on how they played and who stood out to you. Well, again, Denzel stands out again, right? Sign the man. Um, he comes up in key plays, key breakups in the football game to keep it close. Um, it's just, the corners did kind of what they had to do again, down some players, but the corners, I felt very comfortable in this game. I and mean, we had to keep Renfro in check because, or Renfro in check because that was kind of their, we know that's their number one target and they were going to keep going to him and they did. Um, but we didn't give up huge plays, right? We give up chunk plays that obviously is going to happen um, because they like to pass the ball. But as a whole, I would say the corners, that's kind of what stood out to me. They kind of kept everybody in check. Again, kept the Browns offense in the game, right? Like kept us in the game. Even when the offense was, you might've, you, you should have just sent the offense into a boat out in the Lake Erie into the abyss because they were not going to score any points. Right. And the defense, I was like, well, Hey, maybe we'll get two turnovers and we'll get defensive touchdowns. <laughs> Cause it's like the defense is doing everything they can in this football game offense. Can you just get a first down? Right. Please. Like, and so, yeah, hats off to the entire unit as a whole, what they had to endure on that game. But a couple that stood out to me uh, that I want to highlight here, MJ Stewart, Rich mm -hmm. LeCount. Um, MJ Stewart, of course, you know, he's he's a he's a depth guy. He's not gonna be your your starting um corner or safety. He's very versatile, no. he can do both. Uh, but one thing I want to highlight here is he had um uh how many did he have? Eight solo tackles. Yeah. Like he he led the team. He led the team. Another guy, Javante Moffitt. You have guys stepping up in big ways. These are depth guys. These are guys that you don't typically want to see them in a starting caliber role. Uh, they're not that. And they had some moments that they probably would have liked to have had back. But overall, man, um, you know they they stepped up. Dustin, before we get into our game balls here, we want to give a shout out to our friend Katie Klonowski over at Keller Williams in Northeast Ohio. She's the best real estate agent in the business, especially in Northeast Ohio. If you have any questions, concerns, or you just need help walking through this very stressful process in buying or selling a home, that person for you is Katie Klonowski out of Keller Williams. Dustin, let's get into some game balls here. Who are you giving your offensive game ball to? Well, offensive game ball, I have to give it to Nick Mullins. Period. Uh, here's a guy, little practice, goes out, is asked to save the world for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know, you know, we know who Nick Mullins is, right? Because we signed him a, a while back. But to the average Browns fan, they didn't know who Nick Mullins was. They just knew he was the third quarterback on the roster. And, you know, as the week went on, you could see Stefanski felt very comfortable if he had to go in there because Stefanski knows that's the offense. He knows how to run, right? So he felt capable, and he heard from his troops that he was doing good out there with the guys. But, I mean, for him to go in there and do what he did, like, he went above and beyond. Like, right? You want him to go in there and hand the ball off and not make any mistakes. But he made some damn good plays in the game. 
like some things that you would not expect from your third string quarterback. So I give my game ball to Nick Mullins. Yeah, I know. Hey, I absolutely agree here. 20 for 30, 147, a touchdown. Great performance by Nick Mullins. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh, I'm going to give it to Joel Petonio just for his versatility, stepping up and being able to slide to, to left tackle, um, something that he's obviously really not done throughout his right. career. He's, he's a guard. Like that's who he is for this team. Uh, Joe Thomas said on Cleveland Browns Daily, I was listening to him uh, on the, the Joe Thomas Hour with Nathan Segura yesterday. He said, you know what? He stepped up, played really, really well, but he's obviously not going to win like the most fundamental tackle in the NFL you know, award for this performance. But you don't need that. You don't need him to come out and be ultra fundamentally sound because this is not something he's done. This is like asking Dave Njoku to be your running back. Like it's not going to be what you're used to seeing, but at the end of the day, the offensive line total, no sacks, six pressures on 31 dropbacks. So him in both pass protection and in the run game, I thought he did really, really well. Um, And in a pinch, you know, you have a veteran guy, a veteran leader that you can really rely on in that room. All right, Dustin, defensively, who you got? So defensively, I'm going to give a slash hybrid award because you bring up a very good point there. JOK slash Porter Gustin in this game. One, to get the strip sack fumble, and then Porter Gustin being very aware where the ball was and to land on it and change the course of this football game. So I'm going to give it to JOK slash Porter Gustin because, again, I felt I was watching – I felt like I was at a funeral, Allie. I felt like I was at a funeral watching the Browns game. I'm like, this is a slow death, and it's about to end – and then that happened in the football game, and everything completely changed in the football game. And now we're scoring. Nick Chubb's running. The offense is starting to click again. And so my game ball goes to slash JOK slash Porter Gustins because that play changed the total momentum in that stadium. The crowd was back in it. They were screaming. And they even felt, here's our chance, right? Like, this is the opportunity. And I just, oh, I just feel bad that they couldn't finish it out. Yeah, um, I, I could really go in a few directions here, and I literally just made a split-second decision, and I'm changing my mind on who I'm going with. I was going to give it to MJ Stewart. As I mentioned, eight solo, 11 total, um, just really a great performance from MJ Stewart. But as I mentioned, there was probably some that he would have liked to have had back. Of course, sure. you're going to naturally have that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Sheldon Day. Just really oh. speaking to what you said with JOK, Porter Gustin, um, Sheldon Day stepped up in a big way on that defensive line, uh, six total tackles, four solo, and half of a sack. Uh, you know, he was a, a big-time difference maker in, in creating that forced fumble um, and being able to turn the ball over to our offense. I'm going to go Sheldon Day on this. I think he's been playing pretty darn well, uh, especially for a depth role kind of guy. He stepped up, and uh, yeah, I think he's making a name for himself. I'm, yeah. I'm but it was fun to watch. Yeah. He, he kind of was playing with his hair on fire through through uh, the whole game. You know, it's it's funny. I, I'm watching the football game, and Porter Gustin gets that fumble recovery, and my phone lights up, and I go, your boy, Porter, your boy. He's changed the football game for us. And Clark, you know, down there in uh, North Carolina. Is he in yeah. South Carolina? Or- I think he's in North Carolina, yeah. yeah. Clark's like, your boy, your boy. <laughs> he's like, he's changing. And it's just crazy. Like in a split second, that football game, the whole dynamic of that football game changed. And I was like, okay, go do it now. Just go finish it. So so in terms of special team game balls, Dustin, do you have any to hand out here? Well, I, sh- sure. I'll, 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 we'll just call the, the elephant in the room here. Dustin Colquitt's come in the last few weeks and put a wonderful performance in for the Browns. 
um, up on mop-up duty, and the Cleveland Browns, as we all know, made a decision today to release uh, Gillian. Uh, Dustin Colquitt has been very good for the Browns on the punt team, very clean, and I think he's averaging more yards per punt. So, you, I mean, you may have those stats, but I think those are true. But um... Um, Let me take a look here. I, I do believe that that is correct. Yeah, Dustin Colquitt, seven punts on the day, 313 yards. His average on the day was 44.7 yards, and his longest was 51. So probably not his ultimate best performance in this game. Um, but, you know, I think he he's definitely more consistent mm-hmm. um, and wishing Jamie Gillen, of course, the, the best. I don't think he'll have any trouble getting picked up. But, uh, looking at, yeah. yeah, Justin Colquitt being the guy here. Um, before before we talk about this sensitive subject, my special teams game ball, I, I'm just going to give it to Charlie Hewlett. <laughs> I mean, like he's, he's Mr. Consistent out there. Uh, I really wasn't thrilled too much with the special teams performance really at all in this game. And that brings me to this point, Dustin. What are your thoughts on the kicking situation in Chase McLaughlin? Oh, this is even a bigger elephant in the room. Because <laughs> um, uh, I would say uh, uh, maybe five, six weeks ago, we're sitting here saying the Browns have a kicker. Well, here's the thing. They have a kicker at that point, right? And then he has a body of work, right? That's how it is. He looks great for a few weeks. I'm not happy. I'm just going to call it out as I'm not happy with the kicking situation. Special teams should help you win games, not lose games. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to call it out. That was a makeable field goal. There's not 30 mile an hour wins in Cleveland before the half. And by the way, we have done nothing up to that point. So just getting points on the board is so important at the end of that half. And then to not make a, what was it? A 30 yard field. I mean, it wasn't, no, no, it was more like a 42 or something. I think it was like a 40, yeah, 42, 43. Yeah. Um, You're in the National Football League. A 40 is not terrible, right? Um, and I turned to oh. a friend that I'm unfortunately watching the game with who's a Raiders fan at work, and I oh. said, I was like, you know, love to have a Tucker type of quarter or Tucker type of kicker because I would like a guy because here's the truth. There are some games you can look at this year, Allie, that we've lost from three to five points. And if I, I can name several, Dustin. Yeah. I can name several. Right. So here, Cleveland, whatever you do in the offseason, solidify the kicking position. Every Browns fan that watches our show loves Phil Dawson, adores Phil Dawson. Do you know why we love Phil Dawson? Because he kicks a ball in a blizzard when you win a game eight to nothing against the Buffalo Bills because you can't even see the goalposts. You need a guy like that. Go get him. consistent. I mean, that that's the reason that people, you know, love and miss uh, uh, Dawson there. It's right. consistency. Right. I'm going to use the word unacceptable. I, I mean, that is absolutely just such a poor performance. When you come into a game with your third string quarterback and you first and foremost, you cannot have drops. You cannot have missed assignments. You cannot have penalties. You cannot have anything going you cannot shoot yourself in the foot in this game. And at right. that point in time on those drives where we're not generating any points offensively, we have to have those field goals. Um, Kevin Stefanski came out and said, or maybe it was Mike Prefer uh, came out and said, the expectation for Chase is to make those field goals. So point blank period. It is an unacceptable performance. Uh, it's my, my philosophy is in terms of special teams, as long as you are, neutral or positive you're in a good position yes yes if you are negative in terms of special teams play it will do nothing but just deteriorate deteriorate your team 
It, I mean, it is yeah. setting you up for failure, just point yeah. blank period. So just unacceptable. Alan, Piss me off. Alan, if you listen to any college football coach on when they talk about pregame or postgame analysis, where our special teams didn't play well, we didn't run the ball. I mean, those are the three things that are always brought up, right? Like we screwed up on special teams. That cost us this or that cost us that. Right. Your special teams should be neutral or better, right? That's the whole idea of the – yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right. I'm not going to get too much on a tangent. Uh, of course, this <laughs> is a very emotional loss. Uh, you're 500, though. You could be in a much worse position. And when I – when I um, after the game, I think we were all pretty emotional. I tweeted something along the lines of <laughs> – the Browns literally just sucked the soul out of my body. But by 2 p.m. tomorrow, I'm going to be excited for the Packers game. And I had several people commenting saying, oh, the season's done. What are you talking about? I don't give a damn. If we are 0-16 or 1-15, I will always root for the Cleveland Browns. Point blank period, no matter what. No. So, but on that same note, not trying to be overly optimistic here. I'm trying to try trying to be as, as unbiased as possible. There's still hope. There's still a chance. You just have to go out and handle your business. And yeah, I know that's Ollie, there's anywhere from a 17 to a 19% chance we make the playoffs. You're right. It's not like we're eliminated as of that game, right? And here's the truth. The AFC North is going to beat themselves up over the next several weeks. We don't know how this is all going to shake out at the end of the, the, the next three weeks. And by the way, we still have to play the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. So we do control some of our own destiny. Now, we'll get into the Packers game, which is a whole other monster. But, um, Yeah. You know, and Dustin, obviously we know the X factor on this season. And not to put this out into the world, but COVID was a complete and utter detriment to our team for oh, this game. Sure. We don't know what this looks like for for the future, if this will impact any of uh, the other teams, any of our future opponents. All you have to do is go out and handle your business. Right. That's it. All right, we're moving on from that because I won't be able to shut up. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, also, if you haven't already, please check out our friends over at Only in Cleve. Um, they're over in Cam's Corner. Brian and his crew can make basically anything you need. You can go in, pick out a design. They can do it for you right then and there. Dustin has that hat on his head from onlyincleave.com. Make sure you check them out. Brian and his crew are the best. Um, Dustin. Allie, real, real quick, yeah. Allie. Um, what a great time with Enzo out here in Idaho um, yeah. with uh, Kent State football. To anybody that is a Kent State grad that watches our show, you have a great program and a class act Um organization from the athletic directors got to spend some time with them uh but just a shout out to enzo uh got to show him around boise he was excited out he had a great time in boise we went and checked out the bar scene um it was pretty cool we got to go out for a couple days uh here in cleveland of course got to spend some time with the team intimately for a couple days uh but if you're a kent state grad you should be proud of the the golden flashes your program's on the rise you can tell but it was cool to have them out here in boise just you know Allie, it was just really cool to have them out here um, yeah, I love that. Know the, and get to know those people on a on a personal level. And by the way, they picked this bowl game, Allie. They wanted to come to this bowl game because it's unique and they can do different things. Uh, we have mountains out here, unlike <laughs> other things in the world. Um, so they were excited to come out there and uh, play on the blue. So did you watch the game, Allie? Did you catch it? No, I didn't, I didn't get, a, get around to it. Uh, but Dustin, take a look at this. Linda, watching the show, just add it to the list. Red Right 88, the drive, the fumble, the pandemic. Oh, you know what? No, no, I got a better one. The Omicron Browns versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Just call it the Omicron Browns because yeah. that will we will remember that game as the game we had no – well, it reminded me of the Jets game, Allie. I felt like I was having deja vu of the Jets game the year before with no wide receiving core. 
I mean. All right. Hey, we got to do rapid fire here. Um, obviously, we're going a little bit over, but that's all right. Dustin, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's have a little bit of trivia, if you will. We love a friendly wager. Um, the point of this game is I brought three trivia questions as it pertains to the 2021 Cleveland Browns. So that okay. means it can be about a player currently on the roster. It can be a play. It can be a coach. Anything as it pertains to this year. Um, we'll each ask each other three questions. If I, let's just hypothetically say, you ask me a question and I get it wrong, you get a point. Or if yep. I get it right, I get the point. I'll keep track here. Whoever has the most points at the end of it wins. And we're going back and forth. One, we're one. back and forth. Yep. Okay. So and I guess let's throw another caveat in there. You've got like 15 seconds to answer. <laughs> you can't. This is like, it's like Jeopardy, right? You got a few. Yeah, 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 we can't, we can't. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try to go through this as quickly as we can. If we go over a little bit, I'm fine with it. It's, we're not okay. going to. Fortunately, we will not be able to come to you on Saturday, being that it is Christmas Day uh, with with the Packers game. Uh, yes. So if we need to go a little bit over on this this episode, I'm I'm happy to do so. Um, okay. All right, Dustin, you want to kick it off? Uh, yeah. So 2021 can be it's specifically about a play or some. Correct. Position. It can be it can be a, literally anything as long as it's not from 1999, right? It's got to be about okay. this year in some capacity. Okay. Allie. And you can't look at your show notes, right? Because I, I have no access, but I know you. No, I'm. If you see me looking over, I just have a uh, piece of paper here that I'm. This is going to throw you off. This is going to throw you off. I think. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> okay, Allie. Not the first, not the second. Who is the third person on the Cleveland Browns with sacks? So we obviously know Miles Garrett leads. We we have a pretty good idea who number two is. Who is number three that leads in Brown sacks? Um, my guess would have to be, I'm, I'm doing, uh, it would possibly tack McKinley or a defensive tackle, um, could also be a linebacker. And I'm, and I'm going to double check because I threw this question. This was a rapid fire question. So I'm yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Definitely. So Allie, I do have it in front of me. So go ahead. Yeah, all right. Um, tack McKinley. Ah, damn it. Allie gets a point. Really? I, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of guessed on that one. <laughs> Allie, you were... Malik McDowell. Okay, so Allie, uh, so funny. So you would have been wrong if you went with Malik McDowell. So for all of our listeners, Miles Garrett, 15. Malik McDowell, three. Tack McKinley, two and a half. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Here's one for you. Multiple choice, by the way. Oh, A, B, C, or D, or just A, B, C? A, B, C, or D. Okay. Fifth round pick, Tony Fields attended which college? Oh, Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Auburn? Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, West Virginia West. or Auburn? Wow, Allie. Again, I'm doing like you. I'm totally guessing. These are good questions, by the way. Yeah. Tennessee. Incorrect. Dang it. West Virginia. Uh, I, I was I was picking one of those. It was Tennessee or West Virginia. I wasn't going obvious Georgia or Auburn. Dang it. All right. All right. You're up. Go ahead. All right. Um, all right. Allie, let's see. Who guys, this is tough. This is tough. I'm not going to give you any offensive line questions because you'll just win those because 
you're obsessed with the offensive line and you'll answer those all correctly. Um, she was like, you're right. That's fair. Um, who is the fourth leading rusher for the Cleveland Browns? The fourth leading rusher for the Cleveland Browns for 2021? Jarvis Landry. Oh, you, you were very confident about that. All right. So I don't know the answers. I'm going to look it up really quick. Well, you don't know the answer. Well, I just, I'm asking questions. I don't know the answer because I'm asking questions. All right. Um, so you think it's Jarvis Landry. Okay. Rushing. I don't know the answer. Oh, my God. Well, I just I, – I, that one I just um, – all right. So here we go. I think you're going to be right, Allie. I don't actually know, by the way. I, I am just – Kind of guessing on. Them. I said fourth, right? Yes, fourth. Damn it, Allie, you're right. With 34 rushing yards, do you know who number three is? By the way, uh, Demetrius Felton. No. Baker Mayfield. Yep, Baker yeah. Mayfield number three. Yeah. All right. You know, I would have not thought Jarvis Landry. By the way, that was not yeah. even in my. All right. Next <laughs> up. Next up. I, I'm down two to nothing. You're down three to nothing. Because remember, if if you get one wrong, I get a point. So oh, you're right. So I'm I've been wrong, and you've been right this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, here's one. Here's one for you. Who is the only one player on the Cleveland Browns who has won a Super Bowl MVP award? Oh my gosh, a Super Bowl MVP award? Super Bowl MVP. Wow, a Super Bowl MVP award. Yep. Not only has played in the Super Bowl, but is also a former Super Bowl MVP. Wow. I'm, I'm just, I'm a little blank because I'm just trying to think who would have. Oh, okay. I think I got this. I think okay. I got this. Kareem Hunt. No. Ah. Oh! Dang it. It is Malcolm Smith, linebacker, when he was with Seattle. Wow. Really? Yep. Man. I, okay. Yep. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a good guess. That was a pretty good guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Okay, okay Malcolm Smith was so obscure. Yeah, so you're is, up. It now, is it now four to nothing? It is four to nothing, so I'm not sure that you can make a comeback here, but uh, let's let's write it out. Let's do the last two questions. And just so you know, my last one's my last one's easy. My last one's easy. Oh, so it's 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 a pity. It's a pity ask. It's a pity question. Okay. Yes. Um precisely. <laughs> okay. All right. Um <laughs> Did you not bring um, to this? What's that? No, no, I'm just trying to I'm trying to trick you a little bit to try to get a point here because now I'm thinking like like you've done your homework a little bit here. All right, I'm gonna go with what college did Porter Gustin attend? Um he played ooh, that's a good one. Um where did he go to college? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's like so obvious because you should know it. Yeah, but I know. You go to BYU. I I honestly cannot for the life of me remember where Port Augustine. I'm just gonna say BYU. I know that's probably not the case. He is a USC Trojan. That's right. Oh my. 
Yeah, I know that he was a fi- he was a five star recruit. Uh, all right, you got a point. You get a point. <laughs> it's you get four a point. to one. It's four to one. <laughs> uh, that, that upsets me. All right, I've got an easy one for you. Last one here. Porter's that- gonna text. Porter's gonna text me like, really? Alex? I knew the answer. Uh, you, know, you know what's frustrating is when you know an answer but get it wrong rather than like you just guess and get it wrong because it's like oh, yeah. I knew that. All right. Anyways, last but not least, this is an easy one. This is an easy one. God, if I screw this up and you call it easy, that's gonna look bad. Okay. Okay. You know this one though. Okay. Pronounce JOK's name. Osakwa. Jeremiah Osakwa. JOK. Say it again. Jeremiah Osakwa. All right. Please uh, comment if we should get him that because. No, it is Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. All right, okay. Well, that's then, boy. All right, all right. <laughs> okay, so um, should we? Should we? We probably should have made a bet before beforehand, but no, no, I don't like losing bets to you, so let's not do that. <laughs> I lost a Tampa Bay Green Bay bet to you. That was yeah. All right, all right. Moving on, we'll look ahead here to the Packers before we get around to it. Make sure you check out our good friends over at Angelo's Pizza in Lakewood, the best pizza in Northeast Ohio. Quite frankly, the best that I've ever had. Head on over there. They do it right. They've got a nice buttery crust, and they can do double layers, pepperoni cheese, pepperoni cheese, whatever toppings you want, they can do. Head on over to Lakewood and get you some Angelo's Pizza. I wish I had some right now. That sounds pretty good. Oh, I wish that I was going downstairs right now after this call to get some leftover Angelo's pizza, but I don't have that. But they'll have some five-star meats for the holidays, I guess. I do. I do. All right. <laughs> that was fun. All right, Dustin, let's look ahead here to the Green Bay Packers. This is a very, very good football team, um, of course, led by Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, their coach. Uh, they are currently 11-3 and three and first in the NFC North. I would really put it that Aaron Rodgers is the front runner uh, in the MVP race. I know last week we did hot takes. I said it was Tom Brady. Then he uh, laid an egg to the Saints. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, is he's that guy this year. I think he is the front runner in the MVP race. Um, and quite frankly, I really believe that the Green Bay Packers right now are the best team in football. And they are the mm-hmm. most well-rounded, if you will, sure. offensive Special teams coaching. I think that they're very, very good. One thing we know that they will be without David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander in this game. So, Dustin, before we get into who they are and their keys to a victory, knowing that they are down those two key players, how do the Browns go into this game and exploit that that missing piece for them? Well, that means they're going to re- rely heavily on C.D. Lamb. I mean, in this football game, you know, there's that's going to be one thing that we have to very much be aware of. Um, but we just need to run the football. I mean, in this football game, right? I mean, we need to get back to Nick Chubb, be it Dearness Johnson, and just exploit and run the football. It's going to be a nasty weather game, Allie. I mean, we need to run the football in this game, and we need to exploit that. Um, I've looked at this game six ways sideways how we win it. I've come up with a way that we win it, but I think we need to get back to keeping Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, just yeah. like we did. Just like we did to Patrick Mahomes uh, in game one, taking one of their superstars off the game and making him sit on the sidelines. I think the Browns need to change. It's got to be clock management, and they need to own the time possession of this football game. 
No, you're absolutely right. Um, and knowing that they are without their their tackle in David Bakhtiari, um, of course, you know, of, of course that we don't know what the COVID situation looks like in terms of who we're getting back. Um, you know, we don't have any word right now on Jadavion Clowney. Uh, we do know that Miles Garrett had uh, an MRI on the groin situation today. So uh, I, I would anticipate you are going to get a Miles Garrett. You're going to get Porter Gustin. You're going to have some talented edge rushers um, and just a talented front four after all. Uh, but, you know, you really are going to have to kind of exploit that missing piece for them. Aaron Rodgers, he gets the ball out pretty quickly. He can make plays outside of the pocket. Quick, I think his, I think his release is the quickest in the NFL. I yeah, think it's absolutely. Is. Yeah. It, it's absolutely, completely and entirely insane um they've got some serious serious weapons uh of course and aj dylan um aaron jones uh and then of course uh Devontae adams I- i'm even going to throw guys like a uh, uh, kylan hill in there and equinamia sure. st brown you you've got a ton of playmakers right. that can do a lot of really good things so offensively um, I really put them in a category of their own. Aaron Rodgers currently with uh, about 3,400 passing yards on the season. Aaron Jones at 657. Devontae Adams, 1248. Uh, and Devondre Campbell, their linebacker with 125 tackles leading them. So, I mean, they're just a really good football team. But when we talk about what we need to do and who we are, of course, it's sticking to our guns, sticking to our identity. Uh, if we get Baker Mayfield back, which it is looking pretty optimistic that that is going to be the case, Nick Chubb's got to be Nick Chubb. I, I, I know we've relied very, very heavily on Nick Chubb the, the past few weeks, but he's got to do what he does best. Uh, you know, they have a pretty decent front, of course. Uh, Devondre Campbell, as I mentioned, um, Adrian Amos, their safety, uh, Rashawn Gary. Uh, they, they'll get after the quarterback. They'll make you uncomfortable. So you do hope that coming into this that you can get some more uh, firepower on your offensive line. Now, the Raiders, Max Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, they had some studs there. But, you know, the Packers are just pretty damn good. Uh, so you'd well, like to be yeah. able to help. But if not, you know, if I don't even want to say if you're going to lose a game, this is the one to lose. But this is the one with the least amount of implications. So if you don't necessarily get everybody back, uh, you know, I, I think – I don't know. I'm not going to put that out there, but you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, Dustin, they are beatable. They, they went toe to toe with uh, the Tyler Huntley led Baltimore Ravens. So this is a beatable football team. Um, Aaron Rodgers has the toe situation going on. So I, I don't know. I think it's possible. You just have to stick to your guns, do what you do best, rely on Nick Chubb and ha- hope that the defense can put on another pretty good performance. Yeah. And here's the other thing. I think the Browns need to go into this game with the mindset, and I think they're going to based on everything I'm seeing in the tea leaves. This is the first round of the wild card. Like, you have to win this football game, in my opinion. Now, is is that task going to be steep? Yes. The NFL is 20% physical, 80% mental in most cases. The Browns need to come in here with a mental aspect of this football game and play with the we're going to shock the world today attitude. I'm just going to put it out there. And if you want to put Christmas miracle next to it, yes, that's what the Cleveland Browns need to do. They need to go out and show that they still belong because here's what I do know. I watched the Raiders game. The Browns almost won a game with being decimated by COVID. And they still could have won that football game. That tells you you have a damn well talented football team. If you're you're at full go, 
you can beat most of the teams in the national football game on any given Sunday. So if the majority of these Browns players are back and healthy, other than a few that we know are not going to be there, like a cream hunt and, and tack, right? We know those guys aren't going to be there. Go out and do what you can do and win the football game. Nobody says you can't win this football game. Just because Vegas says it's seven and a half points. Guess what? You think the Detroit Lions went out last week and said, hey, we can't beat the Arizona Cardinals because they're the number one seed in the NFC. No, they went out and kicked their ass because they said, you know what? These are all professionals in this locker room, and we all have good talent in here. Now, we talk about this all the time. The Detroit Lions have lost, what, eight games this year by a handful of points? Like, they can beat people, right, if they just put it together. That's what the Browns need to go in on Saturday and go, you know what? We can win this game because we're just as good as anybody else when we're healthy, right? So go do it. There's no reason you can't. So just play your game and go in like you did to Cincinnati and shock them and say, you know what? We're not going to take it. We're pissed. We want to go play. We want to win. We want to get to the playoffs. Do it. There's nothing stopping you. I'd retweet that all day. (laughs) Well, that's a lot of words, Allie. That's only 150 characters. So you might not be able to get all of that in one tweet. But I'm just saying that there's no reason they can't do it. You're right. No reason. No reason. This this is a beatable team. I know that I just got on here and I said that this is the best team in the NFL. But, hey, look, any given Sunday or any given Saturday or any given Tuesday, it doesn't matter in this league. Anybody can show up and beat you. These are all professionals. Um, You know, as you mentioned it, Dustin, Arizona just got rocked by Detroit, which is crazy to think. But it's definitely possible. Um, This is going to be competitive. The Saints with a – with a third-string technical quarterback like us, beat the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't tell me you can't go and win a football game like that. These are all professionals, Allie. At this level of football, you're all professionals. The only difference is the variable is the quarterback. You know, there's great and better quarterbacks just based on who they are as individuals and their talent. But guess what? If you're a defensive tackle in the National Football League, and you're a starter or, or a second guy, you're really good. Because <laughs> guess what? 1% of the players that play in college make it to the NFL. You know what I mean? So you can go out and win on any given, to your point, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Yeah, it doesn't matter. All right, Dustin, give me – I know we kind of touched on it here, but give me your concrete keys to a victory. Okay, so I've thought about this, Allie. Here's what the Cleveland Browns going to do in this football game. The defense, keep doing what you've been doing – and stick to it. And what you need to do in this football game for me is create two turnovers that lead to offensive opportunities for the Cleveland Browns. Two, because if you get two extra possessions against the Packers and have your own offensive uh, downs in this game and, and series, you will win this football game. But I need the defense to give me two turnovers in this game that, that give us the advantage on the turnover battle. Second, run the football at length in this game, and stick to the run, and third, time of possession. Those are my keys to a victory. Hey, I completely agree with all of that. Um, I think it's really important that you stick to your guns. You do what you you do best. You're going to have to put a lot of this onto Nick Chubb. Um, one thing I do want to highlight just in our game against uh, Las Vegas, I have it here on my phone, uh, Jake Burns tweeted this out from the OBR. He said, left side runs, they had 10 carries for 63 yards. Right side runs, four for negative three, and middle runs, nine for 31. So it's really going to depend on who you get back on your offensive line uh, to see if they can get back to doing what they do best. Now, one thing that I think is very interesting, and he he really dissects this 
um, in his his breakdown. So I encourage you to go check that out. It's really good. Uh, but, you know, he talks about the ratio from zone runs to gap runs and what we've done last year. I don't know the exact percentage, but let's just say yeah. it's 60 percent zone to 30, you know, 30, 40 percent uh, gap runs right. in 2020. It's absolutely flipped this season. So if you're wondering maybe why, you know, Nick Chubb hasn't gotten it going. Well, it's because the the offensive scheme, it's really not a wide zone scheme, what they're doing right right here, right now. It's just not. Right. But I do think that this is going to be a big game in terms of uh, just your rushing ability. <laughs> Maybe if, if we get Jarvis Landry back, you, you throw him back there as well as your fourth uh, leading rusher on this football team. No, I'm just kidding here. But you put the you put the, 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 the game plan on the back of your stars, whether or not you've got everybody out there or not. This is really going to come, ta- come down to – um, Baker Mayfield, if he's in there, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, um, John Johnson, if he's healthy, we know that he he was kind of injured in that last game. Uh, and, and you're starting corners. Like this is going to be a big time game. Uh, nobody says you can't do it. Go out there, have a winning performance, run the football, control the clock, uh, and and win the turnover battle. It's that that simple. Well, Alec, and here's the truth: we beat the Baltimore Ravens a couple weeks ago. The Baltimore Ravens were a two point conversion away from beating the Packers. They were they were at the game to the very end, and they came back in that game and almost beat the Packers. They get that two-point conversion. They win, right? They win that football game. And by the way, that's a team that's decimated with injuries, right? Like that's a team that's not even close to at full strength, right? So Cleveland, this is a winnable game. Don't go in there and say, that, oh, the world's just giving the Green Bay Packers a football win on Christmas Day. Hell with that. No. Go in there and shock the world and say, no, we are still going to fight for the AFC North till the very end. We want to be in the playoffs, period. Yeah. Just play your game. And you know what? If you do, have, you'll probably have a chance at the end of the game to be in it, right? One possession, right? That's probably going to be the case. All right. Give me a bold prediction. Bold and specific here. Bold and specific. Here's my bold and specific. I'm going to give you a score bold, first of all, because I've been – I had a dream about it. All right. All right. Yeah. Just, just loop it in there with score and – 27-24 Browns. 27 27- 24 Browns. Jarvis Landry, if he's healthy, because again, we don't know. We, we're thinking he will be back. Jarvis Landry has two touchdowns in this football game. Remember, he's only had one all year, but he doubles his, he gets two touchdowns. Nick Chubb gets a touchdown. What's that? 21. And then there's two field goals in the football game to make it 27 24. But two touchdowns by Landry. One by Chubb, 27-24. Bold and specific. Christmas right. miracle happens. Hopefully we can replay this next week and go. Dustin had it right on the money. Boom, boom. Lock it. Go. There you go. Hey, well, I hope you're right. Uh, my bold prediction is that special teams comes out and has a kick-ass performance. Chase McLaughlin, uh, perfect on the day uh, for, for whatever he kicks. Let's just say three. I think we will go three for three. Dustin Colquitt on a big day. And, of course, maybe we'll have a nice couple uh, – Nice couple returns as well, which would be really, really nice. But my score prediction, uh, I'm going to go 21 to 17. Oh, a little lower. Okay. I'm going to go 21 17. Uh, I don't think this is a high scoring game for the Browns because they're not a high scoring offense. So I would be shocked if they're able to pull one off. Uh, but if they do, it's a Christmas miracle. But uh, 21 17. And of course, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns because I just never bet against them. Um, all right, Dustin, uh, before we go around the NFL, 
want to talk about our good friend over at Rough Around the Etches. I know this holiday season, this was a game changer. Make sure that you get your loved ones some custom browns gear. You can get a custom mug, custom glassware. They can do it all over at Rough Around the Etches, so be sure to check them out. All right, Dustin, some good news for you. You finally beat me last week. Oh, it's oh, is it one of my are we one, one and four or is that one and three? No, we are. I am three, one and one because we tied one week and you're one three and one. So, so with the regular season still left, there's a chance there's for a me chance. to come back. All right, there's a chance. All right, let's get into it. 49ers at Titans. Who you got? Whoo! Wow, 49ers at Titans. I'm gonna go. Um, do we know if our boy's back yet? Henry, is he, is he expected to be back? No. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Titans. All right. I'm going to go 49ers. I think they play pretty well on the road. They're kicking it at high gear right now. They're playing some good football. Um, I'm going to go 49ers. Colt to Cardinals. Oh, this is a good one, by the way. This is our Saturday doubleheader. This comes on after us. I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go – Cardinals on this one. I think they were embarrassed. I think they redeemed themselves. I'm going to go Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that they're still a really good football team. Um, and I would be shocked to have them going kind of a, a massive losing streak like that. But I think the Colts are really good. Yeah. Lions and Falcons. You know what? I'm going Lions. I think that coach has those players are believing in that coach. I am going Lions here. Okay, I like it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to go Falcons. I still think that they're a much better football team, and I just don't have a lot of belief in the Lions being able to stack some wins here, but I do agree with you. They are bought into Dan Campbell, but I think that the Falcons are just a better football team, uh, and it's at home. Rams at Vikings. Um, I don't know if the Rams are still going to be decimated. Um, yeah, we do. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a weird one to call, right? Yeah. Um, I think the Vikings are playing for their obviously playoff lives. I'm going to go Vikings on this one. Actually, I'm going to go Vikings. I'm not. I'm going to go Rams. I think they're they're starting to get into a little bit of a groove. Uh, Matt Stafford playing some really good football, uh, and of course, Cooper Cup is just absolutely insane. Jags at Jets, gross. <laughs> Jags at Jets. I am going. I'm going Jets here. I'm going to. Yeah, I am too. I think the Jets are like a little bit better, and I'm giving them – it's at home, so maybe. Right. Giants yeah. and Eagles. Well, this is interesting because I believe I just saw earlier today Adam Scheffler pointed out that the head coach of the Eagles is out with COVID, so they will yep. not be with their head coach. Um, doesn't mean they can't play well even though their head coach is out. I'm going to go still – I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, I'm going Eagles. I don't think the Jake from Lead Giants are really anything to be afraid of right now. Eagles are starting to kick it into gear just a little bit. I think they're playing okay. Give me the Eagles here. Uh, Bills at Patriots. Jeez. Boy, this a couple weeks ago, this wouldn't be such an important game, but with the Bills kind of resurging and the the well, the Patriots laying an egg at Indy. This is a big, big game. This is for the division lead, right? This game basically is for the. And is it at? Is it at New England or is it at Buffalo? It's in Foxborough. Well, you know what I'm going to do here. It's going to be a little weird, but I'm going to go Buffalo on this one, and this is why I'm going to go Buffalo. For whatever reason, they haven't had the best record at home this year, and uh, 
So I'm going to go Bills here. Okay, I'm going to take the Patriots. I think they're really good. Um, I, I don't know. At home in December, I'll take the Patriots. And the reason I take the Bills, I think it's a must win because they need to split this game with the, the Patriots too. So Yeah, well, you're right. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. God, who do I root for in this? Am I biased or just take my gut? Um, gut. Ravens at Bengals, right? Yeah. I and is uh, Lamar probably hundred percent back up for this game? I don't know the answer to that. Okay, I'm gonna go Ravens on the road. They've had some stumbles here. I'm gonna take the Ravens against the Bengals here. That defense steps up, uh, shuts down Joe Burrow. I'm going Ravens here. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Uh, Chargers at Texans. Yeah, that's easy. Chargers. Yeah, I agree. Um, who else do we have up here? Bucks at Panthers. Hmm. Well, Tom Brady is a competitor. He was pissed off. I don't know if you saw that. He threw his Microsoft Edge tablet and busted all over the sidelines of that game. I think he redeems himself, and they go up there and get a win at Carolina. Yeah, I think Carolina is pretty bad. I'm going Bucks as well in this one. Uh, Bears at Seahawks. Well, the Seahawks may be bad, but the Bears are worse. And you yeah. got the twelfth man. I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I'm the Seahawks too. I, I and the Bears are out of officially out of playoff contention. There's right. just they're, no they're they're going through the motions. Right yeah. No. Uh, Broncos at Raiders. Ooh, so this is interesting. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is obviously out. Do we know who they're going to go at quarterback? I would imagine. Is it going to be Locke? I would imagine. Okay. And at Raiders, huh? Yep. Again, the Raiders played us and knew they had to win that game to keep their playoff lives alive. As much as I hate it, I think the Raiders won this football game. I do too. And I hate that. But I just don't think the Broncos are – They've got a pretty bad situation right now at quarterback. Steelers at Chiefs. Well, we know who we're going to root for, and it wouldn't matter either way. I think the Chiefs are probably the second-best team in the NFL behind the Packers. I'm going to go Chiefs beat the Steelers. I agree. However, um, they are also going through a COVID situation no right Kelsey. now. No Kelsey, I know. Correct. Right. Um, so it's – it's. Uh, but regardless, I think that they're still a much better team at home in uh, at Arrowhead. I'll yes. take the Chiefs tough, right down that tough place, to, tough place to win a football game. Washington football team at Dallas. Well, Dallas is playing pretty good football right now. Um, Washington's still fighting, but I got to go Dallas at home here. I totally agree. I think Dallas is really good right now. Yeah. Dolphins at Saints. Last one. <laughs> Dolphins have not been eliminated from the playoffs either, correct? Correct. Saints haven't either, correctly, technically. Correct. Right, right. So they're both fighting for a playoff spot. You know, I don't know, man. The Saints are playing some good football, and it's at it's at the dome, right? I'm gonna go Saints on this. All right, I'm gonna take the Dolphins. Okay. Yeah, I just eh, I don't I don't particularly love this game, but I, I think the Saints offensively this year are just really limited. Um, two is actually playing really decently. Yes. Uh, I think yeah leads the league right now in completion percentage. I think it's at like 67%. I don't know the exact statistic in front of me, but um, I'll go Dolphins on it. I'll go Dolphins. Okay. All right, that's it. So we shall see. So, Allie, so, I, got, I got a little shout-out here from a guy named Adam Russell you probably know. Okay. He said, 
he's really good against you at trivia when you guys used to work with each other. So if I need any help trying to beat you at trivia. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's fine, but I don't ever, I don't think we ever played trivia, but maybe we did. He said two and oh with work trivia, whatever that means. So I don't know, but okay. Hit him up, Dustin. Um, Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening? And by the way, by the way, just real quick, I don't mean to cut you off here, but uh, we will not be coming at you on Saturday for a pre or post game. Um, obviously, it's Christmas Day. Uh, so we just want to wish you a happy holidays. Merry Christmas if you celebrate and uh, uh, go Browns. Dustin, go ahead. Yeah. So a couple things, guys. More holiday cheer coming from the 12 days of holiday cheer from the Here We Go Brownies. Uh, there'll be some autograph stuff. And Allie, there's something really cool. I'm just going to hint. There is a 13 to 14 inch concrete Browns bulldog that is going to be coming as a huge kind of like gargoyle thing that you can win from us at uh, Here We Go Brownies. So lots of cool prizes coming up. You'll see those as we go into Christmas day and weekend. So just uh, more prizes to come, guys. Pretty cool. Guys, with that, Merry Christmas. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go Browns. Go Browns.